Hey everyone, it's Arlen. It is Friday, March 13th, 2020. This is the third episode uh, in a series that I'm doing very uh, unproduced and impromptu where I don't necessarily know what I'm going to talk about. What I have been doing though, um, this is the third episode, so I don't know how many more there will be or if, if uh, how long this will happen, but um, people are listening and people are responding, so I'm going to keep doing it. It's being helpful to some people. For others, it won't be. So um, you can skip this episode if you if you don't think that it's going to be helpful to you. Um, give give a couple of episodes prior to this a, a five minute listen to see if it's your cup of tea. If not, there are plenty of episodes of your first million that I think are helpful even in these times and may, maybe even more so in this, these times, to be honest. What I'm doing, what, I'm, what I did yesterday on the second episode of this Corona COVID-19 uh, bonus series, I guess, um, is I uh, did some Q&A. I answered three questions that were sourced from Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to continue that today. So... I have a few questions here, many questions. I just haven't been able to get to all of them because I, an- I answer so long. <laughs> so here's a new question from uh, Just Brandon. So that's B-R-A-N-D-I-N, Just Brandon on Twitter. Has, this is an interesting question that caught my eye. He said to me, do you have any survivor's remorse or guilt? And I think what he's referring to is that since I... Um, have made no secret to the fact that I used to be incredibly poor, broke, however you want to phrase it, uh, and have had a lot of housing insecurity uh, for a very long time and different parts of my adulthood and and childhood. Um, And now today I'm much more stable as far as personal finances and the uh, success that I've had in business. Um, And so maybe he's, uh, because I can't, you know, read his mind, but I think he's saying, you know, do I feel, do I feel in these, in this moment as it pertains to my abilities to do things like uh, work from home and have a podcast space and uh, provide for my family and have food and supplies, things like that, that um, only a percentage of us are able to do. Does that um, leave me with survivor's remorse or guilt, which is something that if you're not familiar with it, it happens when, um, let's say you're in a, a tragic accident and several people around you perish or, or hurt or maimed, maimed um, and you are not. And sometimes people, a lot of times people emotionally cannot, can, cannot handle that. They can't live with themselves with the fact that they survived. Why me? Why, why did I live through this and the other person didn't? And, um, and then also happens a lot of times when people are the only wealthy people in their wealthy person in their family, or they win the lottery or they go off and become a a celebrity and things like that. It it happens uh, emotionally. So anyway, that's the primer for that. Just caught my eye. My answer is no, (laughs) I don't have survivor's remorse or guilt for a couple of reasons. One is, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, like I always am, there's nothing to read behind it. I'm just going to tell you what I think. One of the reasons I don't feel remorse or, or survivor's guilt is because even though I am now in a stable position. I don't take it for granted any day. And so behind the scenes, I'm, I look at my bank account every single day, multiple times a day, just like I used to when I was broke. Uh, behind the scenes, I uh, plan out and construct ways that 
if something were to happen to me or if, if something like this were to happen, what happens to my family and my close friends who I who I care for or are responsible for their well-being in a lot of ways. Um, so it's constantly on my mind and I never felt I haven't had that moment yet where I felt like, oh, I've made it. And now I'm not any I'm not them anymore. <laughs> I don't feel that on a day to day basis. So this doesn't feel like. Um, I'm above the clouds here. What I do, and this is funny because I read this, I read this just now uh, when I sat down to record, but about seven minutes ago prior to that, I walked into my home office, which is a separate office uh, space from my home, and I, I was by myself and I looked around and I, and I put my arms out by myself and I said, I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for this. And I and I meant it because I was I just looked at it one more time and I said, I'm grateful for this space. I'm grateful for this view. I'm grateful for this freedom and for this um, safety as 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 much as it can be. I was I said it out loud even before. So I, I the second reason I don't feel remorse or guilt survivors remorse or guilt is because I I feel gratitude every single day every single day for what I do have and I called it a gift when I said it out loud but it's because I don't say blessing uh it's a gift but it's also well earned so I think that's the the third and fourth part of this is that I have worked my ass off I have sacrificed I have walked through glass and mud and dirt and everything else and um I, I, I worked and earned my way here. So that sort of helps me not feel guilt because this is what I've been working for. This is what we are all working for, right? And I, and I aspire to much, much more. I, I, do, I feel like I am on uh, a rung of the ladder and I am still climbing. And so that keeps me really focused and really you know low to the ground and humble and all of that. I mean, it's just the truth. And then um, the last piece of it is that I... I do whatever I can to uh, enable and help others uh, in, a, in a positive way and to impact others. And I do that in multiple ways. And this is no exception. So, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. I do appreciate the question, though, because I think it's really uh, nuanced and um, kind of bold to ask. And I like that. Okay, let me go. That was from Twitter. Let me go over to uh, Instagram. I'm just reading these as I as, uh, as you're hearing me read them. So, might get caught off guard. <laughs> let's see. Oh, let's see. Um, so there's this question that was, uh, it did, I did see it yesterday when I first asked people to, to send in questions. And it was so, such a strong question. Um, it's not necessarily one that I agree with. But it's such a strongly phrased question, and I want to give it, it's like, it's, it's a long question, so bear with me. It's from Alexander Diaz on Instagram. Um, and you can see all these questions uh, on my Instagram, and, and on, um, which is easier to kind of see, and then a couple of posts back, and then on, um, on Twitter, if you see it this week. So this is a long question, so bear with me. I'm going to try to do it all. Alexander Diaz says, Based on influenza surveillance data, the CDC estimates that between October 1st, 2019 and February 1st, 2020, about 12,000 people have died from the flu, not, the, not coronavirus and not COVID-19, the flu. No children died in China and approximately 
85% Americans died of those who contract of those who contracted coronavirus. Question is, why do you think the NBA, NLB baseball, Coachella Music Festival, and the public health officials are mandating quarantines and closures due to a virus that is grossly more mild than all of the seasonal viruses that circulate the population? What changed? Does the media per- perpetrate baseless fears? And how does this impact entrepreneurship? Um, so I'm just going to focus on a couple of those <laughs> questions because you see it was very well thought out. And this question in many different variances has been asked and debated and tossed around for days. And some people kind of change their mind over time as they see things getting a little bit more um, serious. And some people don't. My answer, because this is my podcast and you asked my opinion, is just like um, uh, many people have said much more eloquently than I'm going to say it, including Mark Maron, who wrote the book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Um, He did this on uh, a thread and a Medium post, so I would check those out if you are interested. And I thought he, he and many, many others have put this a really great way, which is simply... Okay, all of all of that is is very good data. Um, a, this is not the flu. Like, this is not the same thing. It's apples to oranges. They are similar in how uh, you can describe them, but they are not the same. B, the mortality rate for coronavirus COVID nineteen is at least we as we as far as we know ten times that of the seasonal flu. So that alone changes the game. That alone changes the dynamics. Uh, Next, um, there, no matter who, depending on who you listen to, um, anywhere between fifty thousand, ten thousand, and and a million or a hundred million, it just there's all these numbers that are being thrown about. But any number of those will be infected in the United States, and either thousands or even up to millions will perish. Um, and with the caveat, before it gets too scary, with the caveat that even the most seasoned expert people who have been working on this their entire life have said, I might be off by a measure of 10, 10x. So that means that if they're saying a million people may die, then maybe only 100,000 will. But what they're saying is, even if I'm off by 10x, even if this does only go back to being uh, the flu numbers, it's happening faster. It's happen- We have no defense uh, when it comes to a cure for it or a vaccine for it. We're bo- our bodies are not prepared for it. And it is very, and it hasn't been studied, and it hasn't been worked on uh, over the decades and decades and decades that the other others have. We also, in America, in the U.S., I should say, in the United States of America, um, again, this is my podcast, my opinion. We have had uh, deplorable—that's the word again—we've had disgusting, deplorable response from our government, from our top officials at the government. There have been people inside the government, inside the White House, all over the place, and medical professionals, scientists, and um, financial experts, all of those people who have been yelling at the top of their lungs that we need to take this seriously since December, January, February, and now, 
that have been muzzled, that have been um, derided, that have been mocked, and that have been silenced. Uh, because one man, one person, and this is not political. This is a fact now. Like, this is not political. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go in there. But one man is a megalomaniac. Narcissist is uh, putting it mildly. He's also um, addled. He's also selfish. He's also being completely, completely coddled and propped up in ego fed by the people around him. Uh, and if you don't believe that, by the way, let's step to the side. If you don't believe that, by the way, just think of any um, kind of sports figure or celebrity that you know of who has a bit of an ego and think about the people who work around them um, and the people who are getting paid by them or their livelihood is based on them and the yes people, the yes men and women who are who are you see around them in their entourage. Imagine that, but that's happening at the White House when all of our lives are affected. So it's not that it's not that much of a stretch to imagine that that's true. So that's happening, and so our, our response to it has been incredibly delayed. We're actually uh, a few minutes away from hearing from the president, uh, President Trump, uh, and we'll see what he says, but I'm gonna probably release this before that happens. But because of that, like if, if things had been really taken seriously early, um, yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been a biggest deal as we're as it is now, as we're saying it is, and that is as it is. But it is now it, it is. And so the same people who are asking this question today, a week ago, I remember a week ago, when people were livid, were livid one week ago, people were livid at South by Southwest organizers for bumming out their fun. And others were livid at them because, hey, that's my income. That's a quarter of my income for the year. or That's half of my income. I, I get that part. And, hey, there's a lot of people who are going to make money off of this who wouldn't. And that part is important. But the people who are just simply like, oh, I don't get to see Chip. I don't get to see Rebecca. I don't get to see my friend, my homegirl. I don't get to see them. I don't get to go to this event. I don't get to get in this panel. Now, I don't want to get any flood of people yelling at me and saying I don't take that seriously because I, I was supposed to be there. I lost money there. I lost momentum. I lost connections. I am not saying that it's wrong for you to, to mourn not being able to produce your, to release your product or your, um, your film or play music or be on a panel or release a book, all of that. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm saying to my point here is just seven days ago, there were people online who were ready to walk up to the South by Southwest organizers with pitchforks because how dare they be so stupid and egregious and, and cancel this and fear mongering and blah, blah, blah. And today those very same people are saying, thank goodness they did that. Thank goodness they canceled that. I will make back the $3,000 that it cost me to get here, but I can't. I wouldn't have been able to get back that time or that guilt of perhaps infecting myself, taking that back to my elderly parent or my children or my spouse or the newborn baby around the corner or whatever, or my fellow human who I don't know their name and spread this even more now that we know more and more about it. The second part of your question was about um, um, the media. Hey, 
the media is always is always gonna um they have a they have a business it's a business and i think i think yeah media at large is probably um how do i put this i think media at large is probably like they run on catastrophe and they run on alerts and this 24-hour news cycle and they run on that that's what kind of feeds that that business model but at the same time i believe they're also very human and they also are not none of them no person in the media on either side any side is uh immune to covid19 so i think that whatever your natural inclination is as a person whether it's to say hey this is not a big deal or to really undershoot it or to really overshoot it and panic or to be very calm and mild-mannered and take in the facts whatever you are as a journalist or as part of the media in your regular life I think that's being amplified because you have the pulpit to do it and so I think you're, you're there's just literally no way you can ever have an event happen where you're going to get 100% measured advice and measured content from media and from press. It just doesn't exist. But I also don't think that, I don't, I don't see it right now that people are going so overboard where they're trying to create panic in order to have more business. Because this is one of those things that you you kind of if you can see that coming from a mile away and also they're kind of they're worried about their own safety and the safety of their fellow human so i i could be naive but that's how i feel about it um give me one moment i'm, I'm getting a text from my coworker. i'm gonna read uh, okay um so that's what I think about that super long answer it probably didn't even scratch the surface of what other people would have answered. But I'm kind of telling you what I, what I what I talk about with my mom and my brother and my wife, you know, like we have these conversations every day now and I'm trying not to preach to anybody and I don't know the answers. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I didn't go to these schools for any of this. I'm right along with everybody else. Um, but I do think it's, uh, that's just how I feel when I'm watching TV or when I'm listening to a podcast about it or uh, reading about it on Twitter, etc. I don't think that we are overreacting. I think it took us too long to get to the point where we are right now with our reaction, as is evident with how blatantly flagrant people have been just three days ago and now they're seeing the consequences of that. I think we, for the most part, um, are keeping each other in good spirits, and I think we have to. I also believe personally that this is going to get much worse, and I think that before it gets better, and I, and I do think it'll get better because we always bounce back, but I think there are a lot of people who don't see it as, as important as it really is. And then there's also this really, really tough part where a lot of people of color, um, especially those who don't live on Twitter, or don't live in tech world or any of that, are, because they have you know lives, um, are just getting a lot of misinformation. And that scares me because um, 
they're vulnerable. Like the people that are getting that information are vulnerable. Not every person of color is vulnerable, but the, the people who are getting information from very unreliable sources. That bothers me. I don't like getting text messages from family members telling me that they're not going to get it because they have darker skin. And these are very intelligent people saying that to me. So um, I'm just doing my best to spread some facts and some information. Let's go back to Twitter for one more answer and then I'll, I'll load this up. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> Someone asked, how can we fix our broken healthcare system? I have no idea. I just, I have no idea. I know there are a lot of people who know though. Uh, you know what I want to do is I want to get um, some people on the phone. Um, so listen, if you're listening to this and you're like an expert or you're some, you, you do a lot of research or you're a journalist or whatever, and you have a really strong, not just opinion, because right now I have an opinion and that, that'll do. But if you have some facts for me that we can share with people to get the word out, um, I can have you dial it, just call my phone, put you on a uh, microphone that I have in the room, and then we can have a little discussion on the next episode or the, uh, an episode coming up. So get in touch with me. DM me on Instagram or or uh, leave a comment or on Twitter, either one. Okay. Let's see if I find one more quick question on Twitter. Uh, let's see. Uh, a lot of these questions are about being a startup and what what do I do? We just sent out an email actually this morning to all 125 of our backstage founders um, and um, our founding teams and we, uh, sorry, I'm going to write myself a note. Um, and we just kind of let people know that we were there for them. We gave them some links to some really helpful um, um, articles and um, kind of have a little community for people to talk to each other. I think that's going to be the best bet. We also have a great announcement happening today, very soon, maybe even at, before this even gets uploaded. We have a great announcement about the backstage tour that's coming out in just a few minutes pending any technical difficulties so let me find let me find a question let me see let me go back to instagram see if there's anything else okay i'm still here just reading through Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is, um, let's see. <laughs> okay, someone's, uh, let's see. Uh, P-H-O-L-K Beauty on Instagram. Folk, Folk Beauty with a P-H. Says, when I saw you speak at Bloomberg in NYC, a light turned on. As an African-American from the South, I realized that raising money through friends and family was traditionally reserved for those in for those in need. It took me a while to recognize that for me, the term is culturally linked to supporting the most vulnerable in my community. I've been sitting with that since then and thinking of new ways, new words and ways to get comfortable with cultivating a network of support. Wondering your thoughts on this. Um, let me see if I understand this right. So she, I think she, they are saying that uh, when you think of friends and family round or f doing a f something with friends and family with your with your startup or with your company, it usually sounds kind of like philanthropic. It sounds like oh they're they're 
down down let me help them out as um as opposed to it being um they wanting like a stronger word because sometimes people think oh friends and family means put money in you don't really think there's going to be a result uh this is not really a great investment it's just to help how do we change the verbiage i could be completely wrong about that interpretation but that's what i think they're saying i um felt the same way uh uh almost three years ago and we then had a meeting with um then i think it was probably probably 50 or 60 or so maybe a little less founders who were in our portfolio at the time and someone stood up and his name is kg harris he's a founder and he stood up and said hey why don't we stop using the word underrepresented so much because yes we are underrepresented you know statistically in tech but why don't we use the word underestimated which is more accurate we're underestimated and in that moment uh, captured on on film that word and that term was coined and backstage and I started using it everywhere and now it's on shirts and now people use it in presentations and people use it as part of the vernacular so that was us repurposing a word and a phrase instead of saying we're under we're underrepresented and people thinking oh you're down and out and that's that group over there let's give the black people or the hispanic people or whatever the women over there let's give them some money a little bit of change to to make a little bit of change right um instead of that saying look we're underestimated we're underestimated founders so when you say that word it changes how investors think about you Wait a second, underestimated. That means that not everybody's looking at them. That means that I have an edge. That means that there's a lot of potential that's untapped. Oh, let me let me look over there. And it really has changed things. Um, uh, narrative, narrative is big. So, yeah, I, I I like the I like the idea of that. Friends and family. I also used to call backstage fund the friends and family fund because I didn't know many people who had friends and family who could write ten thousand, twenty five thousand dollar checks. So. Um, I dig it. I think we I think we keep going there. Um, and uh, it's a good conversation to have and, and maybe crowdsource crowdsource uh, folk beauty. You might want to put a poll up or a crowdsource a term and I bet you'll come up with something really great. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, because that wasn't Corona related, um, it says so B L V K Y X X on Instagram says Hardware startups facing standstills in production and ways to mitigate investor concerns. Well, um, the production part, I don't think I can be super helpful with. Um, but there are, um, yeah, we're seeing that. And, I, th you know, I mean, I'm, I'm spending, I spent the last week on phone call after phone call after phone call with founders in and out of our portfolio who are just in different ways struggling right now. And they were already a little bit kind of, you know, um, underestimated. So right now, uh, investors are just very skittish. But as I mentioned in my episode yesterday, they think there are still opportunities for investors who are like, they understand that this is the time actually to be investing. This is the time. This is where you're going to find the deals this is where you're going to find the innovative people the people who have the tenacity and grit to just with, withstand a lot of this and that's the kind of person you want to put a bet on and you're going to find a lot of that in the underrepresented underestimated group um but for for other for investor concerns i think across the board like to answer the question more precisely i think we all are going through this 
And although this is um, very, you know, scary to some people and, and depressing to some people and weird to some people, surreal, it, we are all going through it. There is not one person who is um, not being affected by this in some way, not necessarily bad, but being affected. And so it is something where you kind of have a moment to pause and to um really get yourself together and, and spin on it. Like for instance, I talked to a founder yesterday and I won't get into details because it's like their, it's their business, but I talked to a founder yesterday who is not in our portfolio, who I am considering investing in once we have the capital back, um, things are back um, after the tour. And I, they, their business is doing really, really well, but their business is very much so a person to person in person business that that's just what it is and that it was doing really well and I said to them what can we do what can you do with your team and with your ingenuity and with the with the with the resources at hand which are very few now what can we do what can I do to help you make this something that is virtual that is not just a contingency that is not just something that Oh, we had to do it this way because of coronavirus. But that, in fact, becomes the mainstay of what you are and in a very ingenious way. And we're working on that. And that, to me, is what you got to do. You have to just kind of go as far as being a founder and especially things that are like hardware or face to face or one on one that are that generally or event like I'm talking to a lot of people who their whole 80 to 100 percent of their income is about putting on events this is this is I'm going to say it over and over again probably every episode of this this you got to get creative you have to dig in you have to restructure budgets you have to make hard decisions you have to be realistic as possible bounce ideas off of each other Um, don't get caught don't get caught up in something. And this is going to be, this is going to resonate with some people and some people you're going to think it's weird, but this is important. I think you're going to have to mourn what could have been, what should have been. Mourn it, let go of it in a way, and either come back to it when it's right or leave it behind. And so that may mean that for the past three, five, ten, one years, you've been working on something. You've been working on something that is your heart and your soul and your passion and you're very excited about it. And in the last 10 days, the whole thing has been scrapped or has to or needs to be scrapped because of what's going on. And you're holding on to it and you're using resources that should be used to kind of sustain yourself for it. Because you just can't see yourself letting it go. I think a lot of us are going to have to mourn rapidly and let go if we can and let that be a rebirth of something else and let the spirit of the thing that we are mourning live on in the new thing. Um and I do mean that business-wise, and uh, and I think if, if 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 a few of us can do that, 
we can put one foot in front of the other and continue and we can come back and look back on this in five years and 20 years and say, hey, it was the toughest of times that we got through it. I think if you hold on and you uh, hold on too long, you might be weighed down by it and you may not get it anyway, but it wasn't your decision. So I think putting control back in your hands looks a lot like sitting down, looking at budget, looking at what really has to happen, what needs to happen. Can you do something else? Can you find another way? Um, and being really honest with yourself. And if you're not good at that, getting on with some other people, getting into community. Backstage is um, going to be around for you. And uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Keep keep an eye on BackstageCapital.com. Keep an eye on Backstage Capital. Dot com, uh, dot com slash tour 2020 keep an eye on all of that because over and keep an eye on my social because over the next few days weeks and months we will be here for you and we will have some solutions for you so um yeah that's it i'm gonna go this is longer than i thought it was gonna be and um just as long as you all keep listening and keep responding i'll keep re recording thanks bye